Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sure Look, Sure Listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sure Look, Sure Listen. 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 Oh, very good, Benjamin. We've got a jam-a-packed week this week. Sherlock will be taking a look, Ben, Sherlock, at Captain Mario. No, Super Mario, the very man himself. He's <laughs> doing a casting, apparently, Benjamin. But also, there's vampires everywhere, Ben, in night teeth, which is very hard to say for an Irish person. And there was a trailer for Stranger Things 4. You're going to tell us about Apple TV, which is something that's going on. I've watched Midnight Mass. And there was a new episode of Marvel's What If, Ben. We're bloody packed to the gunnels. Sure, listen, Michael, we were chocker blocked this week, and if that wasn't enough, we'll be taking a look at the emerging trope of good for her. Good for her. Good for her, uh, which examines the use of female revenge as both plot and theme. Um, oh, in, very in interesting. In films these days, Michael, in films these days. So that's very that's what we're having a look at. Interesting. Benjamin. Yeah. I was awoken on Friday morning by a message on our Discord. Have you ever been on it? I've been up on that Discord, baby. Get up on it. There's a link in the description. There's a growing community. Benjamin, but I was awoken on Friday morning by a bingity bong from Discord. And on Discord, my good friend Andrew Sean Northridge had posted a picture, Ben, of Star-Lord in a Super Mario hat and (laughs) moustache. And I said, what tomfoolery is this on Friday morning? I've neither the time nor the energy for this sort of tomfoolery. But Benjamin, it turned out to not be tomfoolery at all. It was... Chris Foolery? It was, no, it's... Oh, I see what you've done. Very good. Um, but it's real, Ben. Yeah. They've done a Super Mario, Ben, but they've got a Chris Pratt as a Super Mario. Yeah. Now, Ben, what we're going to do is we're going to take three or four minutes and you're going to explain that to us and explain why that appears to be upsetting <laughs> people. <laughs> okay. So, uh, look, Michael, nobody knew, first of all. <laughs> as out you of said. the blue, Ben. Yeah. Absolutely out of the blue. Yeah. So tomfoolery was the order of the day. Jiggery uh, pokery. No, nobody knew about this, Michael. This was a this was a shock announcement. But you know, sometimes we get shock announcements in in video game movie adaptations and things like that. And some of the names that are brought to our attention are usually standard names from the gaming industry, Michael. And we go, mm. oh yeah, okay, I, yeah. I've I've heard him in things. Benjamin. Yeah. Do you remember how shocked we all were when schlubby comedian Chris Pratt was cast as Star-Lord? Yeah, that was that was a big shock, wasn't it, Michael? Hmm. Yeah. He just keeps doing it. I think that's his career. I think basically his agent goes out and finds anything that really doesn't suit him. Stunt casting. And just says, stick him in that. Yeah. Stick him in that. And it's it's pretty interesting because what we got, Michael, is not only did we get a surprise announcement about... Nintendo's expanding its cinematic universe. Yes, the, NCU, the Nintendo cinematic will. universe. Yeah, good. What we got is all-star voice casting. So many stars, Ben. So many stars, Michael. So the first and most controversial, which we'll return to, is Mr. Chris Pratt as Mario. Yeah. Very controversial, Michael. Very controversial. Why is controversial, Ben? Is it because he's an evangelical Christian? Yeah, we'll get into that in a sec. Luigi, we got Charlie Day is going to be playing Luigi, which I think is an excellent bit of casting. All right, go on. Yes, very good. Peach is going to be played by Anya Taylor-Joy. Okay. 
a standard princess character. A standard princess character. But Michael, where the internet has lost its collective mind is, of course, Jack Black playing Bowser. Is that what people are losing their mind over? I don't think it is. I thought people were losing their mind over Chris Pratt. Because he's a giant homophobe? No, because, Ben, I don't know if you know this, but Super Mario, Ben, he's a small, little, tiny Italian fella. He is, yeah. And is Chris Pratt going to do a little, small, tiny Italian fella voice, Benjamin? Oh, it's a me, Mario. Oh, no, it's going to be awful. Is that, your, is that your Chris Pratt doing Mario voice? That's my Chris Pratt doing Mario. And you know what? It's as far as we know, Michael, because we yeah. haven't heard it yet. That's very accurate. Who bloody knows? Now, there is a thing to be said, Ben. Chris Pratt is actually very good at voices and accents. Is he? He's very good at it. Yes. Have you ever seen him doing Essex? Uh, no, I haven't actually. He he. There's a clip of the Graham Norton show from a few years ago where he does Essex, and it's absolutely impeccable. He's very good. He's Ben Colopy level good at oh, doing Michael. a funny at doing a funny voice. I'm blushing. Don't I'm blushing. blush, the Ben. Can't, no the, one can the see. Can't see that. They can't see Ben, but he's very good. But is he going to do? It's me, Mario. I so, hope he does, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. <laughs> I'm a Mario. Yeah, that's a pretty solid Mario yourself there, Michael. We have to save the princess. That's because, Ben, Mario is not Italian. The real actor who plays Mario, I don't think he's ever been to Italy. Yeah, that's uh, Charles Martinet, and that's who people actually wanted to play Mario. Um, ah, I don't know if I could have taken him for a full film. I mean, I don't think anybody could. But it's it's interesting, it isn't it? It could be argued it's a bit racially insensitive. <laughs> I mean, this is interesting, right? Because I don't think it's anything to do with Chris Pratt's aptitude for acting. Right, go on. I don't think fans are sitting there saying, oh, God, I, I hope he does the genuinely Italian Mario voice justice. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's... That's not what's happening here. I think it's because he belongs to a big, giant evangelical mega church that has heavy, heavy, heavy ties to homose- uh, homosexuality hating. Uh, homo hating, as you call it. Homo hating. I, I think there was a term, Ben, but we're replacing it with that. Benjamin, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't necessarily agree. I think it's the accent thing. I think it's just people are thinking, not my Mario. Hashtag not my Mario. And then jumping up in the air with one fist and going, not the end of the internet I'm on, Michael. Yeah, well, I, like I said, Ben, every week you need to get out of that cesspool. Yeah, I need to get out of the internet. You I need, need to, to get, get out, out of the internet. internet <laughs> I do. Benjamin, I to get out it's animated anyway, isn't it? Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of flexibility here. There's a lot to be done. Um, I, I'm i not excited for it. I'm not like a giant Nintendo nerd. I don't, uh, I don't, it, it'll be, I'd say it's going to be very tongue-in-cheek because we've got the likes of, of Seth Rogen. Mm. In there Charles is Donkey Day. Kong, so we're gonna have a lot of. <laughs> I'm Donkey Kong. You'll have Jack Black going skip it to do it da, skip it da, whatever yeah. he says. So I think it's gonna be very tongue in cheek. I think we're gonna have a lot of Annie Taylor Joy maybe saying, "I don't need to be rescued anymore, Mario," yes, and Mario being classic. like, "What? Classic? Mo- hey, what do you mean?" Yeah, exactly. But, but in Chris, Chris Pratt, Pratt voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So look, Benjamin, that's happening. Shoot. That's should look. It had to happen, Ben. After the success of that, it's my first day speaking, Benjamin. It had to happen after the success of Sonic. Yeah, I mean, we've we've opened the floodgates, Michael. Uh, the video game movies are are just going to be poured on now. 
Sonic will be here. Mario will be next. Sparkster and the Rocket Knight Adventures, Ben. Oh, yeah, Chester Kirby. Cheetah. Kirby, he'll get a film. Mm-hmm. Bugsy the Bobcat, he'll probably get a film. Probably a, a, a Link film Link, in the works. Yeah, he'll get a film. Everyone will yeah. get a film. Films for everyone. Yeah. Ben, speaking yes. of concepts that have outstayed their welcome, <laughs> have you seen the trailer for the film Night Teeth? Yes, big sexy lady vampires running around New York doing sexy lady vampire things. Oh, sexy ladies doing sexy lady vampires. Ben, I didn't recognise either of the leads. Uh, I Well, one is... One is, one is I suppose both of the leads are, are unless you're a Disney Channel fan, Michael, you won't recognise one of the leads. Go on. Uh, one of the leads is the lead actress from a very popular Disney Channel kids yes. show. Yes, what's it called? Uh, oh, I'm not going to remember this now. This is terrible podcasting. Give me two the seconds. Secret Life of Zack and Cody. I mean, you're not a million miles wrong because it was about a rich family that lived in the penthouse of a hotel. Oh, and, and we're she, living in a penthouse and we're rich. She was the She was the nanny. Um. Anyway, it is starring. Yes, it is starring yes. one Megan Fox, who we I've all know. Her. Yes, who we all know, Michael. Yeah, it's also starring. Do you know what IMDb has become the worst <laughs> thing I've ever seen? It's also starring <laughs> Alexander Ludwig and Sydney Sweeney is the name of the the main actress. Sydney Sweeney and Megan Fox are the sexy. Uh, no, sorry. I tell a lot. Oh, this is terrible. I give up. I'm quitting. This is some I'm of the out. worst podcasting I've ever seen. I'm out. I'm done. I quit the podcast. I'm finished. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. If anyone would like to apply to Phil Ben's position, anyone send an email, it. hop up on the Discord, or send an email directly to Michael and Benjamin's podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, just let us know. Uh, it's Debbie Ryan, Megan Fox, uh, Sydney Sweeney, and Alexander Ludwig are the main actors. Sydney Sweeney and Debbie Ryan are going to be playing the sexy lady vampires. And it's got a touch of the collaterals about it, Michael. Very much in the palette, the colour palais. No, even even beyond that, Alexander Ludwig is playing a kind of a Jamie Foxx style, down on his look limo driver. Right. Who's who's just trying to make ends meet, Michael. Ah, but instead of picking up a hitman, he's picked up two sexy lady vampires. Two sexy lady vampires, and the 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 exact line in the in the trailer, Michael, is, look, just do this for the evening, and we'll make you very very rich. You'll make oh, more tonight good. than you do in a year. And it's like, oh, oh, oh I, I see. don't see it ending well for him. I think he's going to end up either dead or killing them or a vampire. No, he's. I, I mean, look, if I had the option, Michael, I'd probably take vampirism at this point. I mean, life's very hard. Just put me in a cabal of rich people to take what they want. Just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to be one of those grotty under a, under a bridge vampires. Either. No, thanks. No, that's how you'd end up. Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. Look, we'll see it. As per protocol, we will be required to see it. Because we have a weekly podcast. <laughs> weekly podcast, pop culture, vampires and whatnot. Benjamin, <laughs> speaking of things that have outstayed their welcome, have you seen the trailer for Stranger Things episode four? I don't season care. Four. Don't season four, who cares? Yeah. AKA Stranger Things season, who cares? Benjamin, yeah. it looks like they're doing a crossover with American Horror Story. That's all I can say. That's it. So it, it's the 50s, Ben. Okay. It's the 1950s and a classic 50s family move into a house that could very well be the house from American Horror Story. Okay. And it looks like there's some sort of tragic event, Ben. Looks like the dad goes mad and kills the kids and the wife and then maybe does a suicide. I'm not sure. That's bad luck. And then 30 years later or whatever, the Stranger Things kids are there to investigate. I'd kind of like if it wasn't anything to do with the Upside Down. 
Can you imagine? It just becomes Scooby-Doo and yeah. the mystery machine. The gang, the, the yeah, traumatized gang's all here. Yeah, wouldn't that be good? Eleven doesn't have powers anymore, right? So she's just a normal... Oh, does she not? I didn't see season three. Oh, I didn't bother. I, I don't remember, Ben. I really genuinely don't remember season three. Yeah, I, I think, think it was in a mall. Yeah, and I think Hopper's in prison or something. Hopper's in Russia. With the That's with how the he Ruskies. became the Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's how yeah. he became the Winter Soldier. And then yeah. Black Widow breaks him out. Yeah. That was, that I was think, the whole thing, I don't know. Ben, there, there, whatever. There, Very you know? hard to tell. You know what I'm saying? Benjamin. Yeah. June is out. June, 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 why, what? June is out. Not here, but everywhere else it's out. That's bizarre. People are seeing June left, right and centre and we're not. That's bizarre. Probably the, the film I'm most anticipating this year. Why haven't we seen it, Michael? We do it. It's we, not out here. I don't know what's going on. We do a pop culture podcast. Yeah, can we have it, please? Sure. Look, Ben. Speaking of niche interests, what have you got here? You've got Apple TV. What's going on with Apple TV? So, Apple TV, Michael, seems to be seems to be hoping to separate itself from the rest of the streaming services, Michael, right. by investing heavily in big old sci-fi concept films. Oh, like Netflix. Like like Netflix, but this time, Michael, it's not it's not going to be a little bit of everything, Michael. They seem to be specifically going for the. This will make you a bit sad as a sci-fi film. Oh, be people struggling to get by, like Netflix, like Netflix. It's the the Walking Dead style of speculative fiction, Michael. Oh no, yeah, where it's like, oh, things are shite, aren't they? Tune in every week to be a little bit more depressed. Oh no, I don't want to. I'm going to watch Stranger Things instead. Thanks very much. Oh, look at those 80s kids having 80s fun. What are they doing? They're all adults now. Look at them. That guy's 35. <laughs> These guys aren't as cute when they're adults and kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, ugh, young adults. I hate them. Don't want to see them. <laughs> ew, boo. Yeah, get them out of that. Where's the fun nostalgia of D&D from season one? Where's, the, where's that gone? Let's where's go back that to gone? that. Yeah, I don't want to see young adults having hormones and whatnot. Benjamin, what are we talking about? What what's anyway, the shows? There are, well, there's uh, two films and one show that are going to become. One is Isaac Asimov's very, very famous um, kind of seminal sci-fi work, Michael Foundation. Mm, I've never heard of him. Uh, you've never heard of Isaac Asimov? No, no, never heard of him. Okay, Isaac Asimov is up there with the the great fantasy and sci-fi authors of the American canon, Michael. Your Ray Bradbury's, your right. Ursula K. Le Guin's. J.R.R. Tolkien. No, because he's not American, Michael. J.R.R. Rowling. No, because she's not American, Michael. Oh, J.R.R. Martin. Yeah, that guy. Okay. Um, so it, it's up there with the kind of the the 60s onwards uh, school of kind of seminal sci-fi things. And Foundation is about basically uh, humanity has expanded to the stars, Michael. We're always at that. Yeah, we except in real life. Except in real life, yeah. Then it's only billionaires. Where there's no hope at all. <laughs> anyway, Michael, humanity's expanded the stars. They haven't done a great job. Things are kind of in collapse. And there's there's an offshoot colony, Michael. Right. Full of thinkers. A think tank, if you will, Michael. Right, cool. Called the Foundation. They go off. And it's about their kind of long, long history in space. It, oh. it's, it's speculative fiction at its finest, Michael. It's... Decades at a time's worth of world building and, mm. you know, Elon centuries. Musk would be there. Elon Musk would be there. He'd probably be sacrificed for being a pillock. Jeff Bezos um, would be there. He'd probably also be fed mm-hmm. to the sharks for being a pillock. The space sharks, Michael. Space sharks, of course. Richard Branston, inventor of the Branston pickle, he'd be there. He just freaks me out, Michael. He's a weird guy. He's always up to stuff. He's got too he, much money, Ben. 
Like, they all unnerve me, but I feel like Richard Branson, when he climaxes, screams, Virgin! At the top of his lungs. Probably does. Yeah. I wouldn't know. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I forgot that you signed that NDA, Michael. Um, I think I might have overstepped it a little bit there. That's going to cost me a couple of mil. Uh, Anyway, Foundation is one of the things that's being done. It's been done with our friend Beltaloda. Um, Richard, what's his name? The, the 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 union guy who's all crooked in in the Amazon one. Oh, that guy. Um, what's his face from oh, from from Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> yeah, what's his name? I forgot his name. It doesn't matter. Just carry on. Anyway, he's in it. He's important in it. But that's going to be a big uh, spanning one. Adapting Foundation has often been thought impossible, Michael, because it jumps ahead so often. But Apple is just like we're Apple. We can do this. It's fine. We can do it. If anyone can do it, we Apple can do it. Uh, Apple's done very well lately, Michael. Um, it's probably growing in confidence. It's it's comedy show Ted Lasso, which is a wonderful show, Michael. A wonderful show that I recommend everybody watch. It's just a very enjoyable uh, show. You just care about everybody in it. It's great. It's starring Jason Sudeikis, Michael. Ooh. That's just won a bunch of Emmys. A whole rake of Emmys, Michael. Um, Jared Harris. Jared Harris is going to be in Foundation. But the other two that we got trailers for this week, Michael, are Invasion. Oh, what's that about? I hope it's some sort of invasion. Oh, boy, there's an ancient thing on the planet and it's killing humans. But we thought it came from space. But did it come from space? Oh, wait, it came from space millennia ago. So technically it was here before us, but it also came from space. Didn't that happen to to Chris Pratt just recently? It did happen to Chris Pratt just recently, but I think they've hired non-homophobes for this one. Oh, right. I thought it was homo-haters. I thought that was the phrase you were going with. <laughs> uh, I think they've hired non-homophobes or non-homo-haters, you're, as is the scientific really, uh, term. You're really disparaging Chris Pratt there without much evidence. I don't care. Um, all, right, all right. As long as, as, long as that's clear. It's fine. I don't really care. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, the other one that we got, Michael, is a trailer for Finch. Now, I'm going to describe a movie to you. Okay, is it the one where Will Smith helps you to get a date? I mean, you're not a million miles off. It also stars a beloved American actor. I'm going to describe a film to you, Michael, and you're going to tell me what film you think it is. Okay. Right? This is usually what I do to you. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've got you. I see. You've turned the tables. So, Michael, what I'm going to do here, right? Yes. Yes. Is I'm going to make a film. I'm looking forward to it. And in that film, I'm going to cast American sweetheart Thomas Hanks. Oh, I've seen it, Ben. Yes, I'm going to. You probably have. He's been in lots of them. I'm going to cast American sweetheart Thomas Hanks. Yes. And unfortunately for Thomas Hanks, Michael, he finds himself in a situation where there's absolutely nobody else around. No people, none at all. What would you do? Yeah, I, I, do you know what, Michael? I'd put the gun to my head and I'd squeeze the trigger. I'm not interested <laughs> oh, <no>. in this. <laughs> You're giving I'm me like, I've, I've had this debate before, yeah. Michael. Right? Yeah, I've had this debate on. before, yeah. and I think we've had this debate before. The zombie apocalypse happens and everybody yeah. else gears up and they, they set out to carve out a brand new existence in the hellscape that has become Earth. Oh, fucking hell. Okay, let's let's say that happens. Right. Now you, Michael, I'd say you're going to do just fine. Oh, Ben, I'd probably start a small feudal kingdom. You'd, st- you'd start a small feudal kingdom. You'd challenge anyone who challenged you to cage fights and you'd mercilessly beat them to death, Michael. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then throw them to the zombies. Oh, we'd have a very, very interesting... Uh, Dress code, Ben. Yeah, it'd be mostly spandex and leather, which is woefully impractical in a zombie zombie apocalypse. But you're a feudal lord, Michael. What you say goes. Now, Michael, while you were building your empire, and frankly, a zombie apocalypse is probably a scenario that you would thrive in and have been waiting for, possibly. I can't wait, Ben. Yeah. 
So while you did that, Michael, yes. I would also have set out on a path. Um, but for a very different reason, Michael, I'd be looking for a gun. Oh, and people God. would say, oh, yes, a gun would be very useful. And I'd say, yes, because I'm hoping to fight the zombies. Wink, wink, nudge, oh, very nudge. Good. This is so depressing. And as I absorbed the, the, you know, the death and carnage around me, Michael, I'd just lose the will to live. I wouldn't be all that driven to try and rebuild society. Um, and so I'd probably just take care of business. Benjamin, you could have uh, coins with your face on them. Nah, I'm all right, thanks. My side profile is not great. My nose is very big. It'd be hard to fit on a coin. No, I think that's good for uh, coins because it's so small. You want a distinctive profile. Oh, okay. You need a distinctive profile. Yeah, people will be oh. like, oh, it's Lord Colopy. Well, that'll probably change my tune then if I have coins with my face on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. People will be like, oh, it's Lord Colopy. He was the voice of Mario when they ousted Chris Pratt. <laughs> before the end times. <laughs> yeah, before the end times. It was great. <laughs> Anyway, Michael, yes. uh, back to what we were talking about. Uh, Tom Hanks is on, a, uh, is on an island. Uh, not on an island, sorry. He's just isolated from all the folks. Yeah, he's on nice. an island with a ball. He slowly starts to go a little bit mad, Michael. And he finds an inanimate object and he starts talking to that and being best friends with that. And then he starts to push himself in desperate measures to try and, you know, get away from where he is with no people. What film am I describing, Michael? You are describing the classic Tom Hanks film, Joe versus the Volcano. No, I'm not. No, no. You're but describing was... the classic Tom Hanks film, Ben. Uh, I'm stuck in the airport. No, I'm afraid I'm not. You're describing Ben the classic Tom film. Tom film Hanks film. It's. Uh, I want. <laughs> you to be... all right? Are you having like a stroke on <laughs> the other know. side of it? <laughs> uh, I want to be bigger than I am. <laughs> yeah. No. None of those, Michael. I'm. I'm describing the classic Tom Hanks film. Hanks film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ah, shit, I'm on an island. Um, <laughs> I wish I wasn't on this island starring Tom Hanks. So it sounds like Castaway, Michael. It actually isn't. It's the, the plot for the upcoming Finch, Michael, from Apple oh, TV. How very good. And Finch is set during an apocalypse, Michael. Tom Hanks seems to be the last man alive. Oh, why? Or the last man for millions of miles around. That's not actually explained, Michael. But two things happen. No, two Ben, I was saying why. Why the last man? Why the last man? We'll get into that in a second. But, Michael, it, two of the great post-apocalyptic tropes happen. He finds a doggo. Oh, classic doggo, yeah. And they become best friends, as seen in films like I Am Legend. Yeah. And Dylan vs. Monsters, or whatever that one was. Love Love and Monsters. Oh, I love um, the, the Ben Colopy story. Yes, I remember Yeah, the it. Ben Colopy story. So we, there's a doggo. And then he builds himself a robot, Michael. Oh. He builds himself a, a, a robot. He makes a giant breakthrough in AI and builds himself a robot companion. Oh, like um, Winston. And that's the inanimate object I was talking about. Yeah, so it's Wilson, but it's not. He's a robot now. Benjamin. He's a robot. We'll yeah. look forward to all of them. I say they'll be interesting, Michael, but it's good to see Apple TV pumping money into sci-fi. Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking of streaming services pumping money into genres. <laughs> nice. <laughs> are you familiar with writer, director, producer Mike Flanagan? Oh, I like Mike Flanagan, I think. Yeah, you do. He did Gerald's Game. I think that was your favourite one that he did. Yeah, that was a weird one, wasn't it, Michael? It was a, that was a It was a weird, weird one, Ben. He does weird was, horrors. You'd know yeah, him but from, he's good at it, though, isn't he? You'd know him from doing weird horrors. He he did the weird horror Oculus. I don't know if you remember that with Karen oh, Gillan. Oh, that was so weird. Was Karen about, Gillan. Not a having a great time. A spooky mirror. And he did, yeah. um, he did the most recent Netflix super hits, Ben, uh, there's ghosts in my house and the sequel there's more ghosts in this other house <laughs> the haunting of Bly Manor and the haunting of Hill House thank I you very much yes. he did both of those yes <laughs> <laughs> do you know what if you don't get a job one day writing Hollywood films just the titles you don't yeah, have to do anything else just the names of them it'll Benjamin, be a waste 
Anyway, yeah. he's back, Ben. Go on. And he's adapted the Stephen King story, Midnight Mass, um, into a seven-issue miniseries on Netflix. I've never heard of Midnight Mass, Michael. What's it about? You see, Ben, because I've actually done a little conceit there. It's not a Stephen King story at all. You it's nothing me. to do Steve, with Stephen King whatsoever, Benjamin. But you it is me. so Stephen King, you would be forgiven for easily believing that a scurrilous lie I've just invented. Because Come on, Michael. Give me, give me the Stephen King beats to this tale. This is, Ben, it's set on a small island with a population of 127 in somewhere in either northwestern or northeastern America. Maine. It could be Maine. It could be Seattle. I don't know exactly where it is, but, you know, it's off the coast somewhere. And it's Mishti. It's Mishti, Ben. Uh, everyone's fishing and depressed. And yeah, there's a lot of beer drinking going there's on. There's a lot of beer drinking and the town has seen better days, Ben. The town itself is dying. The town itself is becoming a ghost. I think the real tragedy of that, Michael, is we used to think that was like some great deep town tragedy. Now it's just global economies and migration of people towards city jobs. Oh my God, Ben, you're so depressing today. Say something yeah. upbeat. Um, Do Mario. it quickly in a zombie apocalypse? Oh, I don't know. God. Like, I don't, so, I don't know. So, all right, so welcome to Depression with Benjamin and Mick. Um, <laughs> so, yes. So, Benjamin, we follow the story of Riley. And Riley was... He left the island as a young man and he became a successful business guy. He was always okay. doing stocks or whatever. Oh, yeah. Until one day, Ben, he did a drunk driving and he killed a lady. Oh, no. Stocks and drunk driving. No good. And he, he killed a lady, Ben. And now he, she haunts his nightmares every night. But that's not actually what the story's about. The story's okay. about him <laughs> returning after his stint in prison a changed man. Dickbag. Yeah, go on. And returning to his community of lapsed Catholics, Ben. Ah, oh, another classic Kingian trope. Exactly, Ben. But, Ben, there's a mysterious new young trendy priest. Oh, he's very trendy. He's very young and he's very trendy and he's very mysterious. And he's arrived at the same time as Riley. And he seems to be causing some sort of spiritual and religious revival on the island. Oh. Partly, perhaps, due to some sort of supernatural influence. Oh, and needful things, Michael. Oh, there's something afoot. There's something going on. There's some mystery here. Ben, I'm going to tell you the mystery now because I've seen almost all of it. But um, Go on. So, very big spoilers for Midnight Mass. Before we get into spoilers, though, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. It is my favourite Stephen King miniseries of all time. <laughs> Despite not being Stephen Despite King. Despite have nothing to do with Stephen King whatsoever. So is it, it? Can I ask you a quick question before you, you give me a little bit more right. detail? Yes. Is it a better Stephen King because it takes the core of Stephen King and then avoids the Kingisms that kind of make it like... No, I think it's going to be very Kingy in the end, to be honest. Okay. I, I mean, if you don't like Stephen King, I can't see you liking this. Okay. Um, it's a bit... It's very Stephen King. It has some of the negatives about Stephen King as well, of like plot points not really going anywhere. and Oh, yeah. Like if it was a Stephen King book, it would be it. It's like it's long and there's a lot of chit chat and there's a lot of there's so many themes, Ben, arguably too many themes. And sometimes, Ben, sometimes your themes keep repeating is in case you miss the theme. Oh, yeah. You get bludgeoned over the head with the theme. Yeah, yeah. Because the theme. I'll tell you the theme, Ben, without without um, without going any further into spoilers. But the theme (laughs) is very much like the 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 Bible, if you think about it, is pretty horrific with all the blood drinking and sin forgiving and coming back from the dead and it's all pretty horrific isn't it 
Yeah, that Old Testament, there's a reason they scrubbed a lot of it from the Sunday service. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on there that isn't the best. Anyway, Benjamin, we're going to go yeah. into big, big mad spoilers for for Midnight Mass. But don't listen if you want to watch Midnight Mass, because I'm thoroughly enjoying it and figuring out was part of the fun. So, you know, cover your earballs or skip ahead. There's there, yep. there are time link, there are time codes in the description below, so you can easily Sounds do good. that. Benjamin, it's vampires. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh! It's Salem's Lot. You, you, oh. But but they're, no, they're remaking Salem's Lot as we speak. Yeah, you? yeah, I know. But this is better, I'd say. Um, it's um, <laughs> the thing is, you you suspect <laughs> you suspect the priest. Ever. You suspect the new young priest is like the mastermind behind the whole thing. But it's revealed, Ben, that he was a an old man with dementia. He was the original priest. What? And on a trip to Damascus, he was attacked by a vampire. But okay. in his delusional state of a like dying old man, he thought it was an angel. And oh dear. Although he has been de-aged, he hasn't he still thinks it's an angel. So he's he's uh the reason for the religious revival, Ben, is he's spiking the community mass with vampire blood and gradually oh. turning everyone into vampires. Except the atheists and the Muslims and the the lapsed. Yeah. Okay. We can't. We can't. We can't get them. Yeah. Yeah. Can't it's it's pretty good though, Ben. It's pretty good. Uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying. I, I'm probably going to watch that, Michael. That sounds interesting. Very Kingian. A little bit slow. Very atmospheric. Good though. It has that lad from. Um, it has that lad from. What was what was the one Dan Stevens was in Legion. Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, yeah. He, he's the priest. He's, he's the he's the he, young priest. He's the young priest. He's absolutely incredible in it. He is the absolute highlight of it. He's amazing. He plays the character as though he were a befuddled, charismatic Ross from Friends. It's uh, <laughs> if he were a priest. It's amazing. It's best it's performance a, of the it's year. It's quite a review for his acting portfolio. It is. It's the performance of the year, Benjamin. It's brilliant. Especially when you find out he's not the mastermind. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it ain't him. It's very good, Ben. It's very good. I thoroughly recommend watching it. It is very enjoyable. It sounds very good, Michael. Yes. Speaking of enjoyable, Ben. Go on. What did you think of this week's episode of the Marvel television program, Marvel's What If? Ah, oh, Michael, what a breath of bloody fresh air. Ben, they just did a Looney Tunes comedy episode. Michael, I cannot describe how much I enjoyed... This bloody episode, especially after the lukewarm bloody Killmonger episode that we got the week before. Mm, mm. Benjamin, you know our good friend Nando V Movies? Yeah. That was his favourite episode. I I think it's my favourite episode too. No, no. Killmonger. Oh, uh, he's wrong, but that's okay. That's okay. He can have wrong opinions sometimes. He's got a very successful YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. Why was it his favourite? He liked it. Characters and whatnot, uh, development uh, and stuff. Uh, there was no development, Michael. He was the same character. He's been the same character for around a 20-year span. Mm, mm. I didn't like it either. But I like this one. This one was great, wasn't it? And I've discovered what I most like about this series is when it just goes wildly off the beaten track. That's But that's, but, but that's the whole point of what if, Michael. Is it? I, isn't it, though? Is it? According to whom? According to me. Is it not sometimes just been one small change and what could that could lead to? Yeah, but that's the whole point, Michael. It's a butterfly effect. A butterfly flaps its wings in Africa and suddenly Thor's a bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> Very like, good. It's, Benjamin, it, it, 
All yeah. right. But look, look at this though, right? Look at this episode. This is not a what if. Because this isn't what would have <laughs> yeah. happened if no. Thor had been a single and only child. For example, <laughs> why was Surtur a good guy? Why They're was, all good guys. Why are they all good guys? Why? What's Drax doing celebrating on the planet with Mantis? They would have never met. Or maybe yeah. they would, but why are they there? And you How know, did Mantis get away from Ego? How did Mantis get away from Ego? How did all of this change because Thor is an only child? What's going on? Oh, it's great, because Asgard's much better. How did he meet Korg? Oh, just, he went around and he found... Should the bloody... the What's his name? Taskmaster, the Grandmaster. Yeah, he's, he's there. He's Jeff Goldblum. For like Jeff Goldblum is there for one line. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, oh, look, Michael, I just thought it was joyous. I just thought it was a real fun little episode. It was great. I thought Captain Marvel was a much more likable character all of a sudden. Ever so slightly, yeah. Yeah, just a There's more enjoyable There's an earth word for women like you. Party pooper. There, <laughs> I said it. <laughs> um, that was yeah, my favourite line. Uh, like, look, it, all they did was like, what's Chris really good at? Comedy. Yeah. Let's just do that. Let's just do a comedy episode. Let's just do that. Um, and it is Looney Tunes, Michael, because there's the scenes where they get like uppercutted across continents and you get zoomed out on the map when and they land. And you can see the name of the country. At one point, like Thor plays dominoes with Stonehenge. It's great. It's very good. It's very entertaining, Ben. I have to say, though, I have to say... Even though, Ben, I'm not one of the people who hates Captain Marvel. I went to see it twice in the cinema and I put her in the middle of my list of, like, characters who I'm interested in in Marvel. Sure. But, oh, my butthole puckered every time she was on screen that she was just going to fly in and sort everything out. I don't know why I have that fear. I think it might be the cesspool of the internet that convinces me that that's going to happen. I think it's toxified your mind because I had the same response, Michael. I the the thing the thing I hated the line that I hated and it's definitely internalized misogyny and the internet is the line where she's like, "I was holding back," and you're like, "What? Were you? What? Were you?" And I was like, "He's like, I can't flatten him because I'd flatten the plan." And I was like, "Fuck off." <laughs> <laughs> well, um, like I think you can say because no one believed her in the episode. Yeah, I mean, that, like, but that's the thing. People were like, mm-hmm, hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, also, they armed the nukes. They were like, fuck it. <laughs> I don't know if she can do this. You see, I, I don't think any of this is canonical anyway, because it's all no, it, imagination. it doesn't matter. Yeah, but it, it is actually the first time we've seen Captain Marvel lose. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, <laughs> they both lose, don't they? Like, there's it's, well, a, sta- it's a stalemate. Isn't no, it? I think Thor wins that fight. Which one? The f- The only one they have. How does yeah. the fight end? I can't remember. With Captain Marvel pinned under Mjolnir. Oh yeah, he sits Mjolnir on her. Yeah. See that that for me was like a big old Marvel comic moment where it was like, and Thor won the day by sitting Mjolnir on top of Captain Marvel. Well, that's how he and, beats Loki in the first Thor film. Yeah, he just he's like, Dum. yeah. Uh, and it's it's enjoyable. I thought I wasn't sure they did a lot of foreshadowing with Captain Marvel following the track of the hammer. Yes, and I was like, if they let Captain Marvel lift <laughs> that hammer, I'm out. But Benjamin, and again, I think it's internalized misogyny. I think internet. you're just a sodge, or you don't. You're not that fond of Captain Marvel. <laughs> Is that what we're calling them now? Yeah, I've stolen oh, that from. Oh, I, I, a, I've <laughs> stolen that from Australian podcasters, Auntie Donna. So we can't. You're, oh, we you're can't, a You can't use it. <laughs> But I started saying it in my own real life, so we're not laying claim that I haven't invented that. Um, um, that'd be good in a t-shirt. Oh, no. 
I think yeah. I'm a Sodge. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I forgot I don't say. I try to avoid stealing jokes on the <laughs> podcast, but I've accidentally just stolen one there. Benjamin. Yes. Um, what were you saying? Y- yeah, there was that much. But, I mean, in this episode, Captain Marvel is definitely more worthy than Thor. Yeah, Thor's a bit he's of a, a big pillow show. Yeah, he's a big gobshite. He's a big um, gobshite, Ben. He's wrecking everything. I thought that the making Jane the core, they're really making use of the fact that they have Natalie Portman back on board. Yeah, they've got <laughs> her like, back on side. Um, it's funny, like, I think that's very much like a refresher course for people to be like, this is Jane Foster. Remember Jane Foster? Remember this is Jane? Her. She's back. Does Jane's everybody remember back. Jane? My girlfriend, Jane. That's oh look it's Jane um, <laughs> uh, and it's it's yeah there is a lot of recap in the film there's a lot of in jokes I think like Thor 1 probably got a few rewatches off the back of this where people probably. were like probably what? Benjamin yeah they just can't do distinctive women though can they <laughs> They do all fall under the 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 Everhart syndrome. I call it the Everhart syndrome. Yes, um, because it's it's the one that you know Rachel. What's her name? Rachel, Rachel McAdams. McAdams. Yeah, nobody remembers her character. You couldn't like the the least believable thing about <laughs> Doctor Strange. The what if episode is that she played such a central role in his life well Benjamin that's not where I was going that's a bit more I don't think that's even internalised misogyny I think that's just common or garden regular misogyny regular misogyny is it damn yeah. it common or garden misogyny but okay. what I meant was the character designs of the women you could li- oh you could line up Christine Everhart uh, Jane Foster Darcy whatever Darcy's name yeah. is Darcy Darcy and if they're not speaking you have no idea who's who they're not distinct. Not a clue. Peggy you Carter prob- a little bit, but only because of her distinctive 50s hair. You could probably throw in Frigga there as well. Yeah. <laughs> they all just look the same. They've got exactly the same face. And the men have more distinctive faces. Someone in the animation team has female face blindness. I'm not saying it's you, because you are a noted sufferer of female face blindness. Sodge. Uh, <laughs> stop stealing that joke. I know it's a great word, but we can't have it. It's not ours. We've just we've given attribution. Can we not just? No, we can't have it. Ben is not. All oh, right, it's gone. Anyway, it's I thoroughly gone. enjoyed it. Ben, what about that twist ending, though? Oh, bloody Voltron! <laughs> Voltron! Voltron! <laughs> it's not Voltron, Ben. It's Ultron. No, it's Voltron. Go on. Oh, because he's Vision, Vision and Ultron. Ultron. Very Early good. Here. Very clever. Uh, yeah, it's a great little twist. See, I want to see that episode. I think we are going to see that episode. Oh, that's what we're getting, is it? I think that's what the next two episodes are going to be. They're going to be two episodes of the Dimensions being invaded by this asshole. Oh, good. I'll watch that. We're going to have uh, Party Thor, Evil Doctor Strange, Peggy Carter, Steve Rogers in the Iron Man suit. And Interdimensional Avengers. Yeah, exactly. They'll probably lose, though. They'll probably lose. I hope so, because it seems to it seems to enjoy a dark and twisted ending, Michael. Mm. Not unlike myself on this week's podcast. This week's podcast, Depression with Michael and Benjamin. Just Benjamin. <laughs> Depression with just Benjamin. Just Benjamin. Um, oh, but yeah, it was a good old episode, Michael. I'd enjoy that more in season two. Yes, yes. Uh, of, of Marvel's What If. A bit more, a bit more, you know, caution to the winds. Let's just have fun with it. Just have fun with it. Just riff with it. I'd watch that, Michael, mm. a, a thousand times. Michael, Michael, do you know what's do you know what's generally not fun though? Oh, um, misogyny, I guess. Misogyny is the correct answer, Michael. Ah. That's exactly where I was going. Oh, good. Um, 
And it, it's been interesting, Michael. We've had a we've had a lifetime, some might say, of misogyny in film. We've we've seen a lot of it, Michael. Um, we've seen a lot of different tropes that are targeted at women. Uh, fridging, Michael. Stick him in the fridge. Green Lantern style. So. Stick him in the fridge. And while not overtly misogynist in terms of degrading any women or anything like that, it's it's, it's a systemically kind of misogynist and it spreads a subconscious cultural message of uh, women are, you know, uh, you know disposable. It's not a, it's not a big deal. It's All a right, terrible then. message, Michael. All right. Well, just, uh, just, uh, just to set our stalls out here, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to disagree with a good bit of this. Ah, yeah, no, it'll be grand. Okay, um, just so you know, let's, just let's set our stalls out here before we begin, because I'm probably going to disagree with a good bit of this, because yeah. I don't think the the leap to misogyny is always actually the the correct response. But anyway, let's have a look. If if we ever do write a book, Michael, on yes. tropes in <clears throat> in fiction, and we yes. probably will one day, Michael, because we're very famous, and very booky, book deals around the corner. We should call it the leap to misogyny. Very good. It's a great name. I really mm. like that, Michael. That was okay. very good. Um, so, Michael, you know, um, there's a, there's a law in science there somewhere that okay. says <laughs> to every right. action there is a re- reaction, equal but in the opposite direction. Okay, that's not exactly what it says, but that's close well, enough. One, you you do it for me because you're no, a that, science that, boy. That'll do. That'll it's do. It's plausible for this one. Yeah, that'll so, do. In the old, in the original Latin, Ben, of course, it's uh, ignito cognitus. Equus, 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 equus. That's Roger, two Roger. Small horses. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> but Michael, in this particular case, if we were to take, you know, hardcore, yeah, misogyny, yeah, you know, uh, let's say, uh, I don't have an example off the top of my head. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Gilbert Weinstein. Oh yeah. Okay. So let's let's have him and let's let's make a terrible film with him. And Mr. Weinstein makes a film and women are getting slapped all over the place and they're mm. secondary characters and they're used for plot devices and, and what the like. What we're discussing today, Michael, is kind of the 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 swing to the other side of the the pendulum. And that's good for her. Good for, as Christian Bale would say. As Christian would say, good for her. Do the clap. I, I don't want to clap. That's a very, very strange reference to <laughs> an onset outburst by Christian Bale, which a lot of people have probably forgotten by now. But, Michael, I have been fascinated by this since uh, since it came across my radar, Michael. Mm-hmm. This is the good-for-her trope or the good-for-her plot or the good-for-her right. theme that right. we're seeing emerge, Michael. Very good. Um, in things. And uh, what it comes from, where the, where the name comes from, is from an Arrested Development meme. Oh, an Arrested Development mean. I've yeah. seen Arrested Development. Yeah, it's a great L show, Michael. Um, so the matriarch of the Arrested Development family at one point uh, turns to the camera and says, good for her. Very good. Good for her. In response to a, a frankly, horrifically morally reprehensible act, uh, action by a female character. And the the joke is, yes. how could you possibly see that as a good thing? Mm. But... She's such a she's such kind of a cynical woman that that is a good thing for her to witness. So that's where where it comes from. Michael died recently, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, yeah, she did, and she did loads of voice acting. Michael on Archer. Yeah, she was Mallory Archer, literally the same character. Literally the same character. That woman made a career out of yeah. being that character, and it was yeah. good, and it was great, and it never got old. It actually didn't. I'm not even being sarcastic. It was no, just enjoyable old. to watch. What is the horrible <laughs> action? Do you know? I can't remember what it is. It's something that... No, I can't remember what it is. never mind. Just carry on. I wish I had known. But anyway, 
So good for her has become a trope that kind of characterizes two things, Michael. It's the the female revenge film mm-hmm. uh, that we see, and acts of female rage that are deemed justified by the script. All right, or by the other characters in the the film. Okay. Now, it's really, really important here, Michael, that when we look at the the kind of history of female rage within film, um, there are two ways of treating it. Um, one way, and the more common way that we see it, is that it, it's it's not taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's it's played off as kind of a cute thing when, when women get all angry. We see that in sitcoms and stuff um, a lot of the time. Um, female anger is kind of a spectacle. In things like that. They're where... always being so dramatic, the, old, I, ex- the ladies. Exactly. Oh, they're so exactly. hysterical. So that's exactly. Hysterical anger from women is a very common thing in sitcoms. And the other way that we see it, Michael, is... My God. That's how could she sink so low? Mm. You know? And it's either just... Uh, just it's it's never a justifiable action or they do something horrific. So th- those are the, the general two responses that we've come to expect in media to female rage. It's either, oh, look at her, throwing a tantrum. Okay. Or, it's, my God, how could you? Mm. How could you? And what sets this trope apart, Michael, is that after witnessing the act of female revenge or female violence as retribution, we stand there and we go, huh, good for her. Oh, do we? Okay. We, We don't necessarily all the time, Michael, but it's certainly what's aimed at in the script, if that makes sense. I see what you're saying. So two two things that must uh, take part is that it's uh, in the good for her trope is that it's unbridled female rage. So it's taken very seriously. Right. It's 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 a scary thing. It's a it's a powerful thing. It's not some kind of impotent tantrum right. that we see on screen. And the other thing uh, is that it must be cathartic. For who? For the character or the audience. Okay. So we have to feel that this level of violence or retribution is justified. It takes two forms mm. um, within film currently at the current rate. Go on. Um, one is an incredible act of violence. Right. So catharsis through sheer anger and aggression. Um, and then the other one is a calculated destruction of the anta- uh, the antagonist's life, as as we might see. Mm. So there are two ways we can look at that in two kind of classic films. Go on. Uh, number one is uh, for for unbelievable amounts of violence. Jennifer's body is a good shout for that. Oh, that's where she's going. Oh, look at my tongue! I'm going to burn my tongue. Uh, yeah. So this is kind of the sleeper cult classic, Michael. That that didn't do very well when it came out originally. Um, yeah. But has now become something of a a little a little gem, Michael. It's with, with hindsight, Megan Fox, ben, and, it's Megan Amanda Fox, Seyfried. Michael, and Amanda Seyfried. And in that, um, Megan Fox, unfortunately, um, is <laughs> sacrificed. Yeah. Um, to make a, a band more famous by a bunch of what would you call them, Ben? You couldn't call them sodges because that would be stealing someone else's joke. That'd be stealing someone. Else. We could just say misogynist smile. All right, good. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> a classic. Um, <laughs> We're allowed. So back at them, and uh, a demon possesses Jennifer's body mm-hmm. and goes about inflicting massive amounts of violence on on other men. Very Not necessarily sore. those men. Looks very sore. Looks very sore. She eats them a lot of the time. Yeah, Michael. yeah. It's and she, um, she gets a bit lesbiany. 
So it's a horror film. It's taken that way. That could be looked upon. That was given to me my, by my good lady friend, Michael, because when I was talking about this theme, she was like, oh, like Jennifer's Body. It's like, yes, like Jennifer's Body. That's a perfect Doing a wrench, exactly. Well done. And then the other one is the calculated destruction of an antagonist's life. And the most recent example of that, Michael, would be Gone Girl. Gone Girl. I don't know if it would be the most recent because there have been, I've seen a few recently. I, I don't oh, know if they necessarily fit into your trope. Oh, but um, do you remember A Simple Favour? A- I do. That's Anna a great K- example. That's that's kind of similar. And also, Ben, I watched that one recently about uh, real estate agents who were evil. Good. Uh, what was that called again? I can't remember uh, what it was called. I think it was called. It starred the same actress from Gone Girl. I think it was called. It's it Rosamund Pike. The same actress from. It's from Rosamund Gone Girl. Pike. <laughs> it was Rosamund Pike again. Um, I think it was called Good for Her. The film. The film. But anyway, yeah. So uh, you, you have those two possible things now. This this trope lives or dies by the the I care a nature. lot. I care a lot. So yeah, this this trope lives and dies by catharsis. Um and catharsis is the working through of uh tension, frustration, trauma, etc. um in a single act. So or uh, over a long process. It's the kind of resolution of trauma if that makes sense. Um so theoretically when we watch a film Michael what we want to see is we want to experience, not necessarily experience the trauma with the character, but we want there to be some kind of release for the tension and trauma that we've seen the character go through. Mm. Ben, did you see Promising Young Woman? So we're gonna we're gonna get into that, Michael, because it's coming up. And this okay. is, that gets really interesting. Now, the other important thing here, Michael, is that we're not making a moral judgment um on the trope, right? We're not. Very often when we see this, we as the audience cannot cannot empathize with the level of violence inflicted by the female character. Mm. So they're not good people. It doesn't mean they're good. That's not what we're focused on here. What we're focused on is catharsis. They can still be a terrible person, Mm. but for whatever reason, through the plot of the film, we've come to side with the point of view that her actions are justifiable within the world of the script. Did anybody see the film Gone Girl and finish up thinking, good for her? No, and that's the point. So okay. we're going to... Anyway, the first film that we've seen this in, Michael, is Kill Bill. Right. Uh, so, or as you call it, Murder William. Murder William. Hmm. Murder Williams. Um, yeah, so in this particular case, um, Kill Bill is just a straight-up revenge flick that takes its cues from 70s kind of... Uh, exploitation films, things like I Spit on Your Grave mm. and Pussycat Die, Die, Die. Those weird kind of kitsch pulp films from way back in the day. And we watch Uma Thurman go around and just take care of business. There are a couple of differences, though, to the 70s films. For go one, on. and thank well, not thankfully, but uh, at least... Most of the 70 films are rape revenge films. Yeah. So that's a big, 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 big one. Yeah. And at least Kill Bill isn't, if I remember correctly. I think well, it was see, that's just the a commoner garden murder. Well, this is the awful thing. Um, I don't know if we do trigger warnings on this podcast, but sexual assault is one. So if you don't want to listen to that, you can... It's probably too late. <laughs> it's probably a little bit too late now, but there is a rape in Kill Bill. Is there? She's, she's raped in her hospital bed. 
Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah. there is that is there. It's um, not the central driver, though. It's not the central driver. It's just kind of incidental. Which the might be murder worse. of Bill is the 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 central drive. Mm. Um, but yeah, so there's there is an incident of of rape in um, Kill Bill, Bill, but it's it's not the central thing. But it is used, Michael, as the final push. Mm. For Uma Thurman to come out of her coma. Ah, oh, you're right, it is. Ugh, not suboptimal. Which is not ben, great. Suboptimal. Ben. Yeah. One of the things I like about Kill Bill, is Kill Bill a 90s film? It probably is late 90s, is it? Late or 90s, early 2000s. Early 2000s. Yeah. Um, one of the things I like about it, as compared to a lot of the modern female revenge films, is her revenge is almost equally distributed between men and women. Yes, it's it's everybody on it's the chopping block. Everybody. And one of the weird things I've been seeing recently, because, you know, we've been watching a lot of female revenge films lately with we uh, have their, Kate, it's... Jolt, Gunpowder Milkshake. Yep. And all of them are exclusively women kicking men in the head. A lot of it emerges around that idea. Yeah, it is. It, it has become a, a kind of anti-patriarchy. Absolutely. Trope. Like, absolutely incredible ultraviolence directed only at men and even the likes of John Wick okay it's a man killing mostly men but yes. there's usually a female hench person or two in there um, and you know that, that brings up a weird thing about male violence towards women but the, the glee with which these modern films have just comical um, repercussion free violence from women to men exclusively it's it's a bit of a contrast to um to kill bill so yeah so this you you've kind of you've hit a wonderful point there because what what we witness there when you say that kind of gleeful violence against men very often when we we see that gleeful violence executed the man in question has been comically misogynistic well not in these recent films where they're often just thugs they're just oh, okay. random thugs so it's just it's okay fair enough so like gunpowder milkshake Gunpowder Milkshake is the amount of men who are killed by women in that film is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it takes a good... I, I I was watching Gunpowder Milkshake thinking, could you imagine a film where John Wick breaks into a female, like a school of female assassins and spends yeah. 30 minutes killing only women with gleeful abandon? And yeah, how would that be received? That's, that's not going to go well, Probably is it? not great. Probably not... Uh, Probably not great. Anyway, I'm sli- I'm kind of slightly derailing your point. So no, no, you're not. You're not at all. Because um, where that comes in is um, this. This trope is is quite liked by some parts of the internet and really railed against in other parts because people are confusing the good for her trope with some kind of feminist trope. Okay. Whereupon the female character's ability to inflict brutal, you know often stomach-turning violence against um, men is some kind of feminist stance or something like this. So there is an inherent toxicity within the trope that to be, I don't know, feminist or equal is to be... Kicking men in the head. Psychopathic. Mm. Like, you know, and so it it has come under a lot of debate because you said it earlier, nobody roots for uh, Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl. 
Ah, there might be some lunatics who do. But, you know, the, the majority audience probably won't have that response. Mm. The, the revelation of Rosamund Pike is horrific for the audience. We're like, what? Oh, no. What about A? Oh, that is awful. Mm. Oh. Um, so it's a really interesting trope. And people have been taking license with it now because it's having like a cultural moment, as you said. We're getting a lot of these films. Mm. And it's going unquestioned because what they're taking is that core catharsis for the audience where we watch it and go, yeah, look at that. Look at that misogynist get a pop on the chops mm. or, you know what I mean? And it's it's cathartic. It's it's nice for the audience at this lightning bolt moment post me to, you know, all of this kind of cultural movement towards, especially in the entertainment industry, a balance or equality between men and women. You know what I mean? So it's right at the spear tip of that and it can get a little bit messy because it's an emerging trope and it gets strange. But, Michael, go on. I think we're about to witness the tipping point because yes. of Promising Young Woman. Oh, I've accidentally preempted you. You did preempt me, but that's ben, okay because we got to it. Yeah. If I'd accidentally preempted you in one of those films, I'd probably get some sort of comeuppance. See, that's interesting. Have you seen Promising Young Woman? I have, yes. Yeah. So have you seen the trailers for Promising Young Woman? I have, yes. Yeah. Are they the same? Uh, I, uh, yes. You're obviously no. thinking no, but go I, on. Well, the ones that I saw, Michael, promise a female revenge film. All right. Okay. As opposed to the psychological to study. Got. Yeah. 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 Of a, so. Of a damaged um, and broken woman. Yeah. So that's, this is interesting. And it's, it the, the, the what the marketing department wanted, Michael, mm. was to sell you a good for her film. Right, right, right. I see. Where we'd see unbridled female rage and, you know, you know, we'd get to see grand acts of, you know, retribution and things like that. That's not what we get, Michael. Mm. Like, I suppose the key, I don't remember if this is even in the trailer, but the key scene where she's been brought home by that guy from um, the OC. What's his name? Seth. Something. Oh, Seth. Uh, Seth Green Let's call him Seth Green It's not Seth Green But it's the guy from the OC It's yeah, the Seth guy from, from the OC, OC by Seth the way That's the not his actual name That's not all. his real name at all uh, Pacey from the OC Joshua Jackson She's been brought home by The, the OC's Pacey And uh, and then she suddenly looks at the camera And stops being drunk And sits up and says No what are you doing And that was That seemed to be the moment of the film That was going to be the point Yes it's Adam Brody. Adam Brody. That's who it is. Adam Brody. Um, yes. So we're sold this. We're sold this idea that this woman goes around and in a Christian Bale, American psycho style, dispatches with men who are sexual assaulters. Mm. That's what we're promised from those trailers. Yeah. Or what we're led to believe. I don't know if a trailer promises us anything. But Have you ever seen the trailer for believe. Suicide Squad? <laughs> oh boy that is misleading but that's not what we get michael that's not what we get at all it's far more a psychological study into the guilt and trauma that comes from um first of all the culture that we're in mm. on occasion and second of all of being of knowing someone who has gone through rape or sexual assault mm. and it's it's a really interesting study michael and most importantly and spoilers here for promising young woman it doesn't have a cathartic ending. No. She fails. It ends in up being her, um, yeah, morally weird and gross. Yeah, she fails in her her goal 
of revenge. And it's it's interesting because it was leveraged to be a good for her film in the trailer. Uh, I see what you're saying. You see what, what I'm saying? saying? I, I do get what you're saying. It just totally unrelated, but it's just since you brought up Christian Bale. Um, yeah. That film, bloody American Psycho. Yeah. That has to be the most missed the point film of recent years. There are so many men around, let's say, in and around our ages, Ben. Yes. Maybe even a little bit older and a little bit younger. Yeah. Who think it's cool to style themselves on that character. TikTok is awash with them, Michael. It's insane. It's crazy. Like, it's about someone who's a lunatic. And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'm like him. But if he wasn't a lunatic. I, I think that's an episode we should do in the future, Michael. Yeah, stop, I, everyone stop watching American Psycho. I know it's a I good think, film, oh, but don't base your Michael, that's going to be a great future episode. I'm in. I'm right. in. Okay, uh, we can call it Everyone Stop Watching American Psycho and just keep playing a clip saying, good for you. That Oh, yeah, man. That Oh, that's going to be a good episode, Michael. Well done. Well that's done. Got, On-air that's podcasting. Got, that's got nothing to do with anything anyway. Because anyway, we're talking about but, women killing everyone. It's a really interesting trope. Um, it's coming out big time. It's kind of a more toxic version of, you know, that scene in... in I think it's Endgame where all the female characters of the MCU join together and give yes. Thanos a bit of a whooping. Yes, that's quite um, funny. It's quite funny. It wasn't executed to the best of its ability. Nah. Um, and even like the biggest fans of the female characters in the MCU were like, mm. oh no, that's silly. <laughs> Benjamin. Yeah. Did anybody really watch Midsummer and at the end go, good for her? So again, Michael, Again, a very interesting one because it's an emerging trope, because it's just gaining kind of thing. We we very often equate good for her with, uh, you know, a desirable outcome. Like we, we quite often equate good for her with feminism or right. good for her with positive outcome. This is what we wanted. It's not what we're focused on is violence and catharsis. Mm. It's that breath of fresh air from the tension of the trauma experienced by the character. Mm. But it's very, very often taken as a goal mm. by audiences who maybe aren't paying enough attention. You get swept up in the film, you you don't critically analyse it very well, and you end up walking away from the film going, good for her. Good for her. Ben, in the olden days, they just have their her dad beat everyone up. That'd be it. That'd be the job. That'd yeah, be the job. I mean, and it's interesting. That's the plot of Taken. That is the plot of Taken. He Taken has a very is, specific set of skills and his little girl can't do anything. Yeah, Taken, as opposed to a, a good for her a catharsis moment, is like, just send in granddad and have him karate chop everyone in the neck. Yeah, and it, it's, it's it's a very interesting trope, Michael. I'm kind of fascinated by it. Um, good for you. Uh, good for me. Um, I don't know if I've explained it that well, ladies and gentlemen, but you can let me know what you think of this trope. Yeah. Um, you can find us on the interwebs at mm. www com. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means tiny room in Irish. I forgot to do my yeah, You've dropped your beat. Get out of here. Um, you can let me know what you thought of it in another place as well. You can find us on Instagram at Listen Podcast. It means tiny room in Irish. It means... No, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> we're on Twitter at ListenSure. But ladies and gentlemen, if yes. you want to have a chat with us, if you've ever found yourself... Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wondering what yeah. Chris Pratt would look like photoshopped onto Super Mario. Yeah. Only one place to find that kind of content, and that's on our Discord, baby. Or Reddit. 
or Reddit, but on our Discord, baby. Go to Reddit anytime. That's better for us. Go on our Discord. Uh, We'd love to have you there. Ladies and gentlemen, next week's episode is very exciting. We have a special guest on the podcast. Oh, do we? Yes, Stephen J. Cadwell is joining us to talk about horror and video games. Are video games the new best vehicle for the horror genre? Oh, very exciting. What do you think? We have an actual academic who's written a paper on this subject, Michael, coming onto the episode to chat about it with us. It's a very exciting time. It's all very academic. It's also going to kick off our bloody spooktober. Um, over the next four weeks, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have four great episodes all about spooky, scary skeletons sending shivers up your spine. We'll be examining various horror tropes throughout the month. So do get in touch with us coming up to Spooktober. Uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for us this week. We'll talk to you soon. We're going to have a little rest now. Yeah, good for us. Good for us. <laughs>